Cool as everybody has it hanging, how's it happening? Because you guys know this is Kevin from the Good Progression Podcast. And guys, it is our last podcast of January of 2022. My God, did that go by fast? And Deathcore fans, eat your hearts out because we got Fit for an Autopsy today. Yes, we do. But before we jump in, then I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, it is the end of January. So some of your you know, New Year's resolutions potentially, you know, get in the shape, yeah, build a muscle like Arnold. Might have fallen off by the wayside a little bit, but jump right back on them. And, you know, when it comes to one of the biggest things when it comes to breaking resolutions like that, especially the fitness ones, is just the fact that, you know, when you get done, you're tired and you just don't want to go and work on it because you're sore because you're not recovering right. You're not preparing right. But that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in to help you out with that. They'll be prepared with different pre-workouts, both with stimulants and stim-free. I use the stim-free stuff because if I had caffeine, literally my hand will go like shaking like crazy. And I've got enough energy enough as it is, so I'm good there. B-Cellular Recovery Compounds to help you absorb the nutrients and get recovering faster. Different proteins that'll build muscle for both AM, PM, and also right after your workout, different creatines help promote muscle growth, uh, multivitamins, you name it, Phoenix Fitness has it. So our listeners and watchers on YouTube get 15% off of Phoenix Fitness products at fnxfit.com using the code MSOTD at checkout. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. So you guys know me, I love listening to music. I love everything music and I love putting up all these crazy posters up here. I mean, I got the flag, the skate decks, got posters up above my desk that you guys aren't seeing right now because of the way the camera's angled. But if I want to get my own custom poster, be the coolest guy out there, the coolest person with the coolest pad, the coolest garage, the coolest office, whatever it might be, why not get a custom poster from Custom Debuts? Here's what you do. You give them an album and you give them a, the song, but you give them the artist as well. And what they'll do is they will specifically create a poster for you based off of that album or that song of that artist. If it's a song, they'll do something cool with the lyrics. If it's with an album, they'll do something cool with the album artwork and the track listing. And the best part about it is when you send it to them, they'll send you a proof within 48 hours of a concept that came up with you for the custom poster and you have unlimited amounts of edits. So you can tell them what you want changed, what you want fixed, and they will fix it once you're liking. Boom, you say yes, and you can select either poster paper, like get your own posters on, a canvas print, or get an aluminum sign print. I mean, now how cool is that? You want something cool for the garage, for the office, just so you know, for your record, whatever it might be, your bedroom. I don't really care where you put it. All I know is it's going to be cool and you're going to like it because you built it yourself. So our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Thank you. Now to our future presentation, we have Pat from the band, Fit for an Autopsy, on the podcast. I am so thankful that Pat was able to do this with us because he did this from a mall in the middle of Idaho because the band is on tour when we were recording this, shooting this, and their brand new album, Oh What the Future Holds, is out now. So be sure to go check it out. We talk about the album a little bit on the podcast in terms of what past favorite songs are, the intros to both Two Towers and A Higher Level of Hate, and how they're really more like accessible for a lot of people to really get into their deathcore style but also fit in very naturally, how touring's been for them. We go over all that stuff with Pat, and I want to, again, thank Pat for taking time on his day off during tour. This was a little bit of a shorter one, guys, than we normally go with, but trust me, the content is there. So are you ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, I'm always getting into new kind of music, and one of the new genres I'm starting to really creep into a little bit more, you know I like metalcore, and now we're getting into deathcore as well, and oh boy, I've got a good one for you, so coming to us literally from the road from their tour right now, with their brand new album, 
oh what the future holds due out on january 14th so by the time this podcast comes out you're gonna know all about it you're gonna have listened to it so let's talk with one of the guys in the band right now so please welcome pat from the band fit for an autopsy so pat welcome to core progression podcast thank you for having me i'm happy to be here Happy to have you here, man. How's, uh, well, because you're on the road right now. You're, I'm happy you're, you know, taking some time to do this podcast on your day off. So I got to ask, how's how's the tour going right now? How's life back out on the road? I mean, tour's been pretty incredible. Um, it's it's a little tough getting back and, you know, into the swing of things just because it's been two years of not touring. But um, the first four dates were sold out. And then the other three dates were damn near close to being sold out. So the shows have been incredible. And it seems like people are ready for music again. And, and you know, we're working hard to bring them the right kind of show. We've, you know, taken on some more production and we're doing, you know, more on the road with our show. So it's, it's been great, man. It's been a crazy learning experience. It's a, it's a great thing here. Now, is this the first tour that you guys are doing since the whole pandemic? Or is this the first, like, full-on headlining yeah. run that you've done? Well, the last show that we played before this tour was march 13th 2020 um we haven't been able to be on the road for almost two full years we haven't been playing shows the only thing we did together as a band was the the live stream that we did with trivium other than that we haven't done anything so this is like the first full week of fit for an autopsy live shows in almost two years holy shit i mean I'm not going to lie. Every time I talk to men, I always like to ask that question just because I like to see what they've been kind of like what they're doing. And also when it comes to these shows that you guys are coming back to, first off, thank God you guys are coming back and playing live shows because I know you guys need us as fans. We need, the world needs live music to come back full force so that we can all be in that room together, jamming out to our favorite bands. Or if you're like me in the mosh pit, potentially getting the shit kicked out of you and having a blast. Um. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> The thing is, is like, it's a it's a section of the world that people kind of looked over, like live music at first, because there was so much of a worry about the pandemic and about how things were going to go. But now that it's coming back around, people are so hungry for it that the shows are massive. You know what I mean? So it's it's just been it's been really good, and the crowds have been responsive. There's been more and more people every night, and it, it's surprising. And, you know, with this little spike that's going on right now with this new variant, people are very worried, but it just seems like people are being careful and being smart and then shows are kind of happening. So we're going to move forward. You know what I mean? It's it's a very important part of our culture as, you know, music is so important and live music especially. So. Oh, absolutely. Live music is therapeutic for a lot of people, myself included. It's I, I go see a concert and it is just the place where nothing else matters except for the happiness that I have, you know, right in front of me. Unfortunately, with the tour that you guys are on, I am not able to see you on that tour. So I'm going to apologize for that one just because I would have loved to have seen you play live. But just time frame, it just didn't add up for me. No, we'll, we'll be back, man. Don't worry about that. Oh, I know you will. So when it came to that first show back, you know, the first show of this tour, first show since March of 2020, were you nervous at all to go back up on stage because of that long layoff? Or was it something where you're just ready to go? I wouldn't say nervous. I would say more stressed about, you know, holding up our end of the bargain. You know, Fit for an Autopsy has always worked really hard to be like a tight live band and like play to the best of our abilities. So having two years off while we were all playing on our own and learning music and doing the thing, it's still not playing live you know it's a different element the crowd the people playing with other people on stage like you know you can hone your craft as much as you want when you're home but when you have four other elements introduced 
into your craft at the same time, it changes the aspect of things. So I would say more than anything, just performing to the peak of our ability is, has been the thing that's been the most stressful, but man, it's great to get back and see people react to our music. That's, that's been incredible. And seeing that reaction too has to just drive a lot of energy for you being on stage because now you're seeing the response from the fans once again. And even maybe on nights where, you know, as much as tight as you want to be, sometimes, you know, certain things happen during the night and all of a sudden you might make a little mistake here and there, but just the energy of the crowd just, you know, has to be something that just keeps you going, keeps you positive and just keeps that show rolling to be the best show that it could possibly be. So when people do go home that night and then go to work the next day or talk to their friends the next day, the show that you guys put on is the thing that's right in front of their mind. Well, I mean, look at the importance of that. Like, I have the coolest job on earth, right? I get to get in a bus and tour around the country, fly in a plane and go to places and get paid to stand in front of a group of people to give them something that never was available until we made it, right? Like, that's the coolest thing ever. So, like, these people are sacrificing their time, their hard-earned money. And, and to be completely honest, there's an element of – um, you know, it's not as safe as it used to be. Like there's a thing going around that could potentially somebody could get sick by coming to a show. So people are willing to take those risks. It's our responsibility to provide them with the best possible experience that we can. You know, it's a team effort. We have to do our part. The fan or the friend of the band has to do their part and we have to work together to create the atmosphere. And, and it's been incredible for the past week. So it makes me feel like, you know, the sacrifice of being away from my family and being away from my home, being on the road, all the things that we're doing, it's, it's absolutely worth it. But we owe those people to give them the show that they deserve. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a, an element of stress, no matter how you look at it. Oh, absolutely. I totally understand where you're coming from. And, you know, just getting back on there, I can see some nerves might've played in there, but the way it sounds like with you guys, you guys are just ready to go full force, go back into it and give the best shows possible. Like you said, because with the fans, we're going out there. We want, we're, we're spending our money to see these shows because we love the yeah. band. We love the music. We love the atmosphere. We love being a part of the family environment that the live shows that you're putting on is creating. And if you guys come out there and give it your all in the crowd, we're going to give it our all to the point where, again, we're going to leave that show with, you know, if you're me, I'm going to leave the show sweaty as all hell, probably looking like I got beat up and walking out and saying, yeah, shit, that was worth it. It's it, it, it a give, give, right? We, we all got to give. So, Yeah, and then it's like an energy feeding frenzy where all of a sudden you guys are giving a lot of energy. Us in the car, we're like, well, shit, we got to match that. Then all of a sudden we go above where you guys are. And it's like, okay, well, you guys got to match that. It's just going to keep amping up to the point where all of a sudden we're at this insanely high level of energy all the way through. And by the time you guys end your, uh, end your set, we're all just, you know, in this full-on state of euphoria of just happiness and having a great yeah. fucking time. Well, I, I love that idea. And I love the idea of, you know, the the crowd's energy gives us more energy. If we're having a bad day and we're tired and we're hurting and we get on stage and the, the crowd is feeding us, it instantly changes the set, you know, and that's a very true factor. So you know, musicians are very much influenced by the people around them. You know what I mean? So. No, I, I do know exactly what you mean. And when it comes to, especially with the new album that you guys have, you know, with, Oh, what the future holds, how much of that new album have you been playing on tour, especially from the first couple of days before the album has released? Um, we're doing three singles off of this one. We're doing, we're playing Pandora. We're playing uh, far from heaven and we're playing um, in shadows. So, 
we're doing three tracks off of that and then a mixture of tracks off of a bunch of our other records. I mean, that for, from my standpoint, from what I understand, like that makes a lot of sense because with the new album, you're going to want to do what you can to promote the new album. However, especially with it being your first show back in almost two years, especially giving the people a lot of the stuff that you know they have listened to over your career and giving everyone just this full on, basically <laughs> this whole full on like diverse track list. Everyone's going to just, you know, fully feel the energy, fully feel the momentum of the album, of everything you guys have put out before this. So when it comes to getting into the new album, everyone at those shows is ready just to go full force into it once uh, release day hits. Yeah, we're and also, you know, you don't want to you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you want to leave an element of surprise for the record. You don't want to come out and play five, six tracks off the record. And then people don't get that element of like, man, I didn't know these tracks were here. And the deep cuts on the record are better than the singles and like stuff like that. Like, I like leaving some element of surprise. You know what I mean? So um, it really just depends on the tour and the shows and all of those things. But I mean, you don't want to you don't want to throw it all out. You want to you want to leave. You know, it's like. uh you don't you don't show your your hand as when you're playing poker you, you gotta you gotta keep that poker face on and, and make people work for it so that's what we're doing you know and also the great collapse has a lot of great tracks on it and we want to play some stuff off of that and we only got to tour um i think two full tours on sea tragic beasts so we have a whole record that barely got played in front of anybody. So we have a lot of material that's new that we're playing that just never got played live before. So it's it's a good combination of things. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the fans as well. Again, I wish I could have been at one of those shows when you guys were on the beginning of the rings. I know you were around my area. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But I can only assume that the fans are just really feeling it, especially with even the tracks off your uh, previous record as well just being able to see those live for the first time, especially a lot of the longtime fans where they might be getting like a track list where almost like one third to one half of it is stuff that they've never heard live before. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like that's exactly what's happening. And dang, do I wish I was at that one of those shows, but of course, uh, darn. Oh, well next time, next time. I'll promise you that next time. Yeah, we'll be around again. Hope we're hoping that things keep moving forward and we can keep pushing it. So we'll see you soon. No, absolutely. So I'll dive a little bit deeper into Oh What the Future Holds. When you guys are writing this uh, writing this album, especially with the instrumentals and also just the themes behind it, was there this like centralized theme that you guys were working with for this album? Or was it something that you guys just were writing it, just writing however you wanted to write it, and then whatever was going to come up lyrically, thematically, that was just going to be, you're just going to let it happen naturally? I mean, in the current state of affairs with, you know, our country and the world and social issues and, you know, the pandemic and, and the way people reacted to everything and all these things that are going on. There's so much fuel for the fire that it was inevitable not to be influenced by what was going on around us. But I mean, we kind of stick to the same rules that we always have, you know what I mean? And we always write in the same way. So it, it wasn't a big change for us, but there was definitely a lot of fuel. You know what I mean? There's definitely a lot there for us to work with. And we didn't sit down and say, okay, we're going to write about this. It's just, you know, it's, we write about what Fit for an Autopsy writes about, and a lot of it has to do with current state of affairs, things that are going on in the world, you know, the way things are panning out in our social, economic, um, you know, uh, governmental, like there's just a ton of different things. And without getting too political, we try to capture everything that's going on around us and, and put it into music the way we feel it is. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, uh, it's just what we do. 
and, and it'll never change. And whatever's going on around us at the time is what we're influenced by. That was one thing that I remember when I got the uh, Alm Stream, like the press release for it. That was one thing it said. It was kind of like talking more about the current state affairs and about just what was going on and having an album where you listen to it and it's going to reflect on what's going on in a way, but also is going to make you think in a certain way as well. And listening to the leads, uh, the the titular song, you know, Oh, with the Drills that you guys start out with. That was something I picked up on right away because I'm like, it literally, I think it starts opening up your mind to like the consequence of the actions that you have been having or around the world. Because look at what's happened over the past years. Look at all the different things we've gone through, you know, politically, socially, economically, immensely, everything. Everything yeah. has had an action to it. And kind of taking a look through this album, you know, you're thinking about it because this album really got my mind rolling in terms of analyzing certain things that I've gone through, the actions I've taken and the consequences to those actions and really understanding how that has led me to where I am right now. Well, the thing about lyrics and songs is that they never mean the same exact thing from one person to another. You know, art is open to interpretation. And the most important part about it is for as a songwriter is remembering that your interpretation and the listener's interpretation are never going to always align. So I kind of like talking about the things that we believe in and the stuff that we write about, but I also kind of like letting people apply those lyrics and those stories that we tell and the things that we talk about to their lives and find meaning on their own. Because when you're sad, you want to hear a sad song, but no one's going to ever be sad for the same reasons when you're angry you want to hear something angry when you're happy you want to hear a party song you know so but it always translates different for each person due to the person's life experience so there's just something kind of cool about letting the listener guide themselves through the lyrics and hopefully find something that applies to them in a in a good way and and get educated and and open horizons and make people think you know what i mean that's the most important stuff so and when you're able to do something like that, that's where music becomes most impactful and the most memorable because when it comes down to it, it's those songs and those meanings. When it comes down to specifics for it, we all have different interpretation of it based on our own life experiences, but it's the emotion that's at the core of that song that we all can relate to and have some sort of a similar just like connecting point. So when you're listening, if we're both listening to a song, you and I, and we both really like it. We could like it for two completely different reasons, but it's the emotion that, that is at the absolute middle, that's at the core of that song, is how we're connecting to it. Yeah, the whole, you know, sadness loves company kind of thing. Like, it's nice to look at things and be like, oh, well, I can identify with how this person feels because it creates a human connection. You know, a big part of society is that people forget how to connect with each other. You know, what I feel and what the person standing next to me feels, no matter where they're from or what culture they come from or, you know, what, what nationality they are, whatever, like when things happen, your emotions lead you in the same direction. You feel the same, you know, somebody dies, you feel the same. You're, you're happy. It's the same kind of happiness. Like people do this selfish thing where they disconnect themselves and they believe that their emotions are more important than the, the person next to them, but they're not. We all feel exactly the same, the same kind of sadness, the same kind of anger, it's all similar. The feelings are the same from person to person. So when you can find someone to connect with, sometimes it's just all a person needs is just to be able to connect, you know, in that moment. And it helps them get through their trauma or makes their day better or makes it easier to, to be comfortable in those situations. So that's really important. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Like that connection is everything sometimes. 
and in, in today's world as well, that connection seems to be waning le- like thinner and thinner just because if you think about the what internet, happened. Dude. The internet. Yeah. Dude, that's a- I mean, the thing that we're using right now is a really cool tool to do an interview also makes people further and further from connection. Like physical connection with a person, a hug, a handshake, those things, like that kind of like grassroots connection is so important that people spend so much time pretending they're important on the internet that they become a fake version of themselves. Like person to person contact is so important. And I think if that's something that we haven't learned through this whole deal that we've been through, that isolation is actually bad for people, like not being able to go to concerts, not being able to shake your friend's hand or hug your family member, not being able to have those connections with people. Like there's something missing. The internet is a great tool it's great for music. It's great for education. It's great for kids to learn, but it's also kind of bad because you just create this fake world. You know what I mean? And it, it disconnects us from each other. And that's a, that's a scary concept. You know, there's a really big bad that comes along with the good when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, the good with the internet and with everything here is the ability to connect with people in any different aspect in terms of just like actually, you know, having a conversation with them is rather easy. But when it comes to just that actual physical connection, you know, like you said, shaking someone's hand, giving them a hug, you know, give them a high five, just telling a person in person that you're there for them. That's something that is completely lost now. And it is driven connection between one person next so far away. And when it comes to go- going to concerts, it's it, it feels like, like I'm not, for myself, it's like my confidence level is like an all time high at these concerts because I'll go there and I'll start talking to people re- regardless of who they are. But hey, you're standing next to me. It's in between a set. Yeah, oh, you hey, know what you that doing? is? You know what that is? That's the connection, dude. That's what we've been talking about because there's a common thing between all of the people that are at that concert, whether you are, you know, uh, 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 from the city or from the suburbs or you're rich or you're poor or you know, whatever the, you know, whatever your differences are, cultural differences, when you have something that you can connect on that tangible connection, music is a great version of that. Then you can identify with that person and then have a common ground to build a relationship with. Whereas if you're just walking through the mall and you see somebody who looks different than you, it might be tougher, but if you're at a show or at the same movie or buying the same, if you go into a place and you go to reach for a CD and another person reaches for it at the same time, you look completely different, but you have, you now have that connection. It's so important. That's exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. And it's just being able to go out and find those connections once again, because since the pandemic has happened, I've, I've seen this happen to too many people. I've known this has happened to too many people where everyone's just kind of gotten isolated with them themselves. And then it's sort of, you know, I've seen them kind of just focus more on what they're doing on the internet, which is, is, is fine for them. But when it becomes a kind of thing where you're losing out on that actual connection, all of a sudden it's like, I see this person again and it's just a completely different person at the same point than what they were to like, you know, in 2019, because there's such a lack of actual human connection, like physical human connection, where it's kind of like, I'm trying meeting someone again for the first time, even though it feels like I've known them my whole entire life. But it's like, wait, who are you now? It's it's something that's really been getting you know messed up because of the pandemic and everything that's gone on in the world but it really speaks a lot of what has gone on the past two years and also seeing how if this continues how much worse things could potentially get in terms of just actually having some sort of human connection with people um i think that the proof is there that people are ready to be out and see each other and and you know because people are taking risks right now 
you know, and being comfortable and, and, and going out and doing the things that we're doing, because the truth is, is none of us really know anything. We're just going by what we're told. And that changes every day because no one really knows. So it's just like the proof is there. The shows are selling out. People are going places. Movie theaters are making money. You know, malls have people in them again. I'm in, I'm in a mall right now and I'm watching people walking back and forth and like doing their thing. And it's like, people are ready, you know? And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's time for that completely. Like I don't have the answer. If they tell me that, Hey, you can't do this anymore. We have to go back into a lockdown Then I'm going to do it. But like, I just feel like people are ready to start creeping back out again. You know, it's time. And people are already starting actually making those connections again. Like if they're going out to a sporting event, if they're just going out to the mall or for us, if you're going out to see some live music and going to hang out with everybody that's there. Here's a funny thing. Look, here's, here's, a, I'll show you something funny right now. Ready? There they are. There's the band. <laughs> oh, no way. Being dudes. Mauling it up. Doing mall being dudes. Candles. Buying big metal guys buying Yankee candles, dude. Hey, got to make sure it smells good. It's got to smell good on the bandwagon, dude. <laughs> See, because I'm pretty sure after a show, you know, you guys going up there nuts on stage, you know, pretty sure, you know, some B.O. is going to be in the, you know, rolling. You might want some candles in there hey, to kind of quell. We take, we take showers, bro. We're clean people. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, right after, you know, just get it like, okay, what's, you no want to block out the sweat? Off the stage, off the stage, into the shower. No question. Then Once that's we're lot. done loading out, it's shower time. Well, shit, that's a lot better than a lot of other bands I, I, I know that are out there. But then again, teach their own, I guess. You have to do it. You have to do it. All right, I got a couple of questions on the album. One thing I do want to ask you is because there are the three singles that are out there right now of the four. deep, or the four? I thought there were three or four. four. Which one am I Pandora, missing? Far From Heaven, yeah. In Shadows, and Two Towers. Okay, I was missing Two Towers. For some reason, that one was not in my head as a single yet. My bad. But then out of the other uh, six songs that are on the record that are not singles, which is the one that you're the most excited about? Well, Two Towers is my favorite track on the record. But uh, out of the ones that are kind of in the background, uh, man, I don't know. Uh It's hard to say because I like I like all the songs on the record. Uh, Higher Level of Hate is a banger. That's a banger song. I, I would say that that would be that would be the one for me. Honestly, that was going to be the one I was kind of hoping you were going to say because out of all the ones that you guys had created up to on this album, that one was the one that stuck out to me as one of my favorites. I mean, it's certainly the most aggressive song on the record. And it, it speaks a lot about a lot of things that are going on currently socially. So I, I really like that that track a lot. That's my move. The, the Honestly, the thing that got me into that track right away was right when it opens up or you get the intro. Did you guys use some sort of like bongos for that intro? Because it had this real like drumming kettle bongo primal feel to it, which not going to lie, I thought opened up the track the best way possible. Those are those are Will's studio tricks. Those are questions for Will. Alrighty. So whatever Will did on that, I don't know what he did on that, but that just really put this whole track into a completely different mindset than all the others had just based on that intro. But it was an, it was like this weird kind of like primal mindset that you needed to go into this track to really fully enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good track. It's a very heavy, aggressive song. And I, I like I said, it, I, it's got to be one of my favorites. And because even, you know, you guys get into it. 
all of a sudden you keep the speed like right as you get out of the intro going to the verses you keep the speed of it you keep up with the guitar tones the same a little more prominence on the snare drum even in the verses and just kind of flowing out of like what will did to tr- had this, his tricks in that first intro with kind of with, again felt like bongos but then going into that same pace keeping the heaviness but also having a little more prominence on the snare drum is what i thought it flowed so well into the, out of the intro i'm like but maybe it feels like there was something that needed to be added all of a sudden the pre-chorus came and I'm like, okay, whatever needed to be added in this song to really make it a banger, the pre-chorus did, and I'm just like, yep, there it is. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Will has a great way of building things. Well, I I, I see I if if Will was the one with the Yankee candle, I'd be like, Will, can you come back with the candles? Cause I mean, how the hell did you pull this off? Because this was freaking awesome. Will doesn't tour with us, so Will's uh at home in the studio right now. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. I should have known that. That's my bad. <laughs> no, nope, all good. So I'll say that, but I mean, you also had Two Towers as your favorite song in the record as well. So why was Two Towers your favorite specifically off of this record? It just is, it's different, right? Like I used to be really like dead set against different. I used to worry about different, but now I'm kind of loving the experimental side of what we're doing. And I feel like it brings different elements of much more approachable styles of music into this thing that we do. So we could kind of not trick the listener, but kind of like, allure it's like an allure you know like something to pull you in and then you get in there and then all of a sudden it's heavy and you're like well this is actually cool like the the movement so like it's been compared a lot to like deftones kind of feel like the beginning of that song and that's something that's popped up a handful of times on the internet so it's just a very different approach and i think it worked really really well for what we were trying to do honestly i thought so too because i'm just i've got my note sheet that's why i keep turning my head over here like i've got a whole note sheet of everything i thought about every single every single song and when i looked at look at this one it kind of felt like that intro just the way it opened up it was like you had some melodic sweeping guitars kind of had more of this like post grunge feel to it in a way that reminded me of something like a chevelle style song which i was thrown off by because it was different but it really opened up the song to my to me because Again, starting to really get more into deathcore, but it's like I used to always be into like hard rock, punk rock, and all that, some of the like the that Breaking Benjamin Chevelle stuff. And then I'm starting to get more heavier with metalcore, deathcore. So hearing that, it's like it just starts putting my mind in a different place where I can really start to get into this a lot more than some of the other ones and all this, or quicker, I should say, than the other ones. Yeah, it's just it's something that we we've been trying to develop and like something we've been you know, it, it happened organically. It wasn't something that we were like, we have to do this. But like, now that we do it, we're trying to make it feel like part of what we do and not feel like an added piece of what we do. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's good. It's fun. It's awesome. But it's also the direction that we want to go in right now. And we're really happy with how it came out. And, and it just stands out to me. It's like Napalm Dreams on the last record. Like, there's just something different about those songs. So I just, I love where it's going. I mean, I think the biggest thing you said is like, it's different, but it doesn't sound like it's like you forced it in there. I mean, when it came to these, when it came to both Two Towers and the previous one, we talked about a higher level of hate, just the way that the intros were rather different than some of the other ones that we had seen, or a little bit more just experimental in a way. The way they led into those songs, though, it felt so natural working with it, especially as you listen to the whole entire song. It's you need that intro to be in there to really open up the whole entire feeling and emotion of the song to really lead into what the core of the song was going to be, you know, as you get to the verses and the chorus. So it, that's the key. It, if it feels natural in the song, then by God, it's going to work. And on these two, yes, absolutely worked here. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoy it, man. It's awesome. 
And I mean, I think that especially when it comes down to it, when people are fully listening to this album, when they fully listen to these tracks, of course, I think Two Towers is going to be another, is going to be a big one, especially as a single. But then once they get to listen to a higher level of hate, especially if they listen to the album from top to bottom, when you get to Two Towers, then you get to higher level of hate. That's going to be a, a part of this album where all of a sudden, some people on Twitter, like Mr. Alan Harrington, who's, I think you guys, this album is his 10th most anticipated album for the year. And dudes like all over Twitter with metalcore, deathcore, everything. He's going to go through those two songs and probably have that moment of, how the hell did they pull this off? This is awesome. You know? I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for. And I, how has the, uh, how has the live reception been for, uh, I, I, wait, you guys didn't play two towers live. Oh man. I'm no, always trying to are you guys going to add that one at any point during your live set for this run? No, we're not changing our set at all. We're sticking to the same set we've been playing for sure. You start adding, you know, you, you get in a comfort zone with the set. And you want it to be perfect. So you spend a bunch of time. Like we're not going to add or change anything with the set. We're just going to stick with what we're doing now. Gotcha. It makes sense. So when it comes to, you know, two towers and some of the deeper cuts, we're probably going to have to wait for a, a different run for you guys. Another to listen run. to some of these. Yeah. And you know, you probably get, the the you know the singles and stuff on support tours but our next headliner i'm sure we'll we'll sprinkle in a few of those newer flavors you know what i mean oh absolutely because i know you guys are on this tour right now i mean because we're talking about you know sprinkling some of these other ones and other tours i gotta ask is there you guys have plans right now or like are working on things in the works for later on this year of course nothing's been announced yet so you i mean i don't want to hear any like i mean we're always we're always working on stuff you know what i mean no, absolutely. Got to, got to keep it, you know, on the level so that you're always going, always continuing on and you're not missing out on, you know, what you want to do going forward. Because of course, 2022, I mean, look at how you guys are opening up headlining run, brand new album. Who knows what's going to end up happening in the next two to three months. I'm not just talking about with, you know, the current state of the world or everything like, like what's going to happen with the band? What's going to be the critical reception on the new album? How are fans going to pick up on it? How is it going to grow the band? How is it going to take the band into the next level in terms of going back out on tour once again and having one hell of a time on potentially another headlining run, maybe later on in 2022? Um, I don't know that there'll be another headlining run later this year. I think we're going to do one headliner and then spend some time doing some support stuff. I know we have plans to go to Europe. I know we have plans for a bunch of things. So we usually try to get one headliner in in the states every year so we'll probably do this headliner and then we won't we probably won't headline again until 2023 makes sense so now if i gotta see you guys i gotta make sure i just gotta keep my eyes peeled for these tours because i mean they've been dropping like crazy especially like you know in december and january of 2022 just seeing how many of these new tours are coming out for like spring like mid like early late spring for 2022 so i'm just gonna be keeping my eye out for when you guys go back out on tour again looks like it'd be a supporting run but it's gonna be coming to the point where i'm gonna basically be the literal uh like personification of the fry meme that just says take my money please well we're ready for it we're ready for it well i i gotta one last thing before we send you away because i know again you're on your day off so i want to thank you for spending time on your day off with me man i really appreciate it when it comes to the record overall what's your biggest hope for it especially as it releases on january 14th and going forward i just want people to give it a listen that's it just take your time listen check out the stuff that we're doing and if you love it talk about it show it to your friends and if you don't thanks for checking it out and hopefully we'll get you next time well, one thing I can tell you is I'm going to definitely show my friends it because, well, starting, they're starting to get into death cars. I'll be like, hey, guys, check this out. 
There's some songs in here with the intros. Ooh, it's going to take you in a whole different level. Cool, man. We appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Pat, one last thing before we head off is and sign off is I would like to give you, whoever my guest is, a chance to say whatever they want to say, plug whatever they want to plug, promote whatever they want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, Pat, floor is yours. All right. Well, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the new stuff and supporting us through the pandemic and all the people that support us all year long, all the time and, you know, take care of us, come out, see us play, like help us do what we do. We appreciate you guys. And, you know, thank you for listening and hopefully we'll see you guys on the road. Great way to put it. Now I'll end it with three specific things. One is when it comes to Fit for an Autopsy, they're playing live shows. They're going to be playing more live shows in 2022 as the year rolls on. You're going to want to catch up on Oh What the Future Holds, which again will comes out on January 14th, which will be out by the time this podcast ends up releasing. So the best way to do this is to follow along with them on all social media platforms. You know, go to YouTube, subscribe to their YouTube channel, buy some merch, go check them out on a live show. So go look for those tickets if they're playing in an area near you, stream the album, buy the album, everything. So instead of having to look all that stuff up on your own, look at scripture of the podcast and say, find Fit for an Autopsy online. Links, labels, everything is there for you. So you're good to go. You have no excuse not to check out the album and not to check out the band online and check them out on a live show. Making it as easy as possible for you guys. All right, Pat, number two. Now, this is something I like to promise a bands and artists, whoever I have in the podcast, that I've absolutely enjoyed having on the podcast. Every artist I've ever had on the podcast has had this part happen. And you, sir, it happens once again. So my promise to you guys, or to you specifically, it's not an if. If implies possibility of not happening. When implies it's going to happen, just depends on the day and time. So when I get to see you perform live for the first time, my friend, my promise to you is this. First round's on me. Appreciate that. You're very welcome. And as we close this podcast, Pat, this is not goodbye because, well, I got to see you play live at least once and hopefully it'll happen in 2022. So it's not goodbye, my friend. It is. See you later. Be good, man. Well, folks, that was my interview with Pat from the band Fit for an Autopsy. Once again, their brand new album, Oh, What the Future Holds, which came out on January 14th, 2022, is available now. So please go check it out wherever you stream music, buy music, download music, all that stuff. Be sure to check them out on uh, like on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on their social media platforms. Check them out on YouTube. Check out their website so you can get some tickets for the tour they're currently on and any shows they're going to be playing in the rest of 2022. Be sure to do that. Also, check out, get some merch. Check out their website. All the links to that are in the description of the podcast. We make it as easy as possible for you to get into Fit for an Autopsy and listen to Oh, What the Future Holds. Also, please follow us at the Core Progression Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch all the Core Progression Podcast videos. And I might just put out a little bit of a special, like, random video, like I did with the downfall of the Grinch, which is basically the Grinch and the downfall of us all by day to remember. I might be doing something with Motionless in White and the Dayman song from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <gasps> Go check that out on our YouTube channel. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like the audio versions on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. All there for you. Also, thank you to Phoenix Fitness and Custom Abuse for sponsoring this podcast. One more time, please, please go check out Oh What the Future Holds by Fit for an Autopsy at the conclusion of this podcast. So on that note, that's going to be free, guys. Thank you for watching this to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. The big, healthy, and hearty. See yeah.